When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Welcome back to Mind Escape. I am your host, Mike. Um, I haven't been on or haven't done an episode in a uh, few weeks. I'm sure many of you have noticed. Uh, the reason being is I actually almost died uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Um, we're going to talk about that tonight. I'm going to go through my near-death experience, discuss the logistics of it in part one, kind of what went down and all that. And maybe part two will analyze my mental state and my thoughts and, um, you know, any philosophies or things that have come out of it. Um, but, uh, on a sad note, I recently had, a um, a, a family member pass away, um, from addiction and overdose. Um, if you know somebody struggling out there, reach out for help, um, you know, try and get them the help that they need. Um, maybe there's something at the core of it mentally, who knows? Uh, but, um, so, so sad. The, the fentanyl and opioid addiction stuff is just, it's so sad. And this person was such an, an amazing person and, uh, I loved them very much. And, um, yeah. Tell the people that you love, you love them, and um, yeah, it's been a rough few weeks here, so. Um, but um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm happy to be alive myself, and um, we're going to talk about uh, my experience and stuff, but I, I just wanted to put that out there that like, you know, it's a tough time of year, especially for people that are battling mental illness, addiction, stuff like that. So reach out to those people. Um, let them know that you're there for them and love them and everything. And, um, yeah, so. Um, okay. Uh, before we get started, um, if you want to support Mindscape, the best way to do it is leave us a nice review on Spotify or Apple. Um, you can also follow us on social media. We do all of our episodes live on our YouTube channel, please follow our YouTube channel. Um, I'm pretty active on X, if you're on X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, and um, yeah, check out our documentary, As Within, So Without, From UFOs to DMT. Um, people have been sending me messages about the Patreon. I'm going to try and get that up and kicking here in the next few weeks, maybe heading into the new year. Thinking about doing like a rant thing where I... Um, I always bite my tongue about things that our other people are doing in these fringe spaces. And, um, I think I might use Patreon as a way to dissect that, maybe be very critical of that in a way, um, that I don't normally do publicly. Um, so look for that as well. Um, all right. So let's, let's get 
down to my experience. So, um, on, um, so the Tuesday of Thanksgiving, um, so, and this might be, some parts of this might be gross or whatever. I'm just going to explain what happened. Um, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, um, that whole day, uh, I had really, really bad, like, diarrhea. <laughs> I know it sounds gross. Um, and blood just kept coming out. Um, for some reason, my mind wasn't putting two and two together, thinking, again, sorry, I'm gross, hemorrhoid or something along those lines. Um, but for whatever reason, it just kept coming out. Um, and I, I didn't put two and two together. So I had done that a few times <clears throat> that Tuesday. And um, I should preface this. Um, leading up to that, many of you know that I had like a venomous spider bite. I'd been taking antibiotics as well as naproxen, which is an NSAID. Probably not the best combination for your stomach. Um, and uh, we'll talk about if that played a role in it or not. But... So I lost a lot of blood. So Tuesday night, um, after we put my son down uh, for, for the night, uh, I went and laid down in our bedroom, um, which is weird for me. I'm a night owl. I'm always up at night. But for whatever reason, I lay down and I, like, took a nap, um, only to awake at, like, 9 or 9.30, um, came downstairs where my office is, uh, went to the bathroom again, lots of blood came out, um, and, um, immediately had to clean myself up, got in the shower, in the shower, something wasn't right, I started to lose consciousness, um, slowly, almost like I was gonna faint, but I didn't have control, <clears throat> so not that everybody that faints does, but sometimes, I'm sure many of you know, if you fainted, like, you do have some level of agency over the situation, um, this was different. So as this is happening and I'm going down, I scream for my wife. As I go down, I'm pulling the shower curtain with me to absorb my fall. Um, she comes down. I'm basically in the tub, uh, in the shower, naked, bleeding, pretty much bleeding. <laughs> um, and that's why I was losing consciousness. I lost so much blood during that day that I literally um, could not. I mean, there was no, I think and the the end result was I didn't have enough hemoglobin, which carries oxygen through your blood. So so that's what happened. So I, I'm going down. I scream for my wife. Luckily, she normally is sleeping at that time. Luckily, she was awake. She heard me. She called the ambulance. Um, this is where it gets kind of in and out for me um so um she's trying to keep me awake I was laying in the tub um and she's like stay with me stay with me like in a movie like you think like oh that's just for like a movie or it's not like that's probably the smartest thing she does was or did was try to keep me awake during that time so I didn't like completely lose consciousness and I eventually did but we'll get to that in a second um, so she's keeping me awake, keeping me awake. Um, I can kind of, I'm, I'm in and out of consciousness. Um, I hear her calling different people. I can hear her calling my mom, you know, telling everybody she's freaking out and, you know, her level of panic while also doing things, um, effectively, I think saved my life. So shout out to my wife. She definitely saved my life. Um, I wanted to maybe get her on one of these episodes, but we'll see. Uh, she does have like a level of like PTSD from watching this whole thing go down. Um, so I'm basically bleeding on the shower. <clears throat> the paramedics and the local firefighters eventually come. Um, they're trying again, trying to keep me, you know, awake. They try and like, can we get you out of the tub kind of a scenario? And at that point I had been in and out of consciousness uh, finally I get enough strength for like, a, like a burst where they lift me up. I slide on, you know, again, I was naked and bleeding. I slide on a pair of, um, shorts, uh, and a t-shirt and they set me on my toilet 
and this is where it gets scary because my wife and my mom have both said that, and I mean, you can see my complexion. I haven't been anywhere warm in a while. Uh, they said that I was as white as a ghost, white as they'd ever seen me, which would make sense since I lost so much blood. Um, this is where I completely lost consciousness somehow sitting there. Um, uh, a white light kind of flushed over me. It was very comforting. I didn't have like any crazy mystical experience other than this white light flood over me and this like warmth. Um, but then again, I'm hearing kind of hearing things. Uh, eventually I come to my, my mom slapping me in the face, um, saying, Michael, Michael, you know, eventually what woke me up and got me out of it was my wife or my mom saying, Asher needs you. Asher needs his dad. So like immediately my fight or flight kicked in. I'm like, I have to live for my son. Um, I have to stay awake. So I try everything with all my energy to stay awake. Um, <clears throat> so again, the, the firefighters and the paramedics are down there. They're trying to figure out a way. I'm a big guy. I'm six, two, uh, like three thirty. They weren't going to just carry me up the stairs pretty much. So they're trying to figure out a way to get me up the stairs. They put me on this like chair thing, some sort of contraption and they're trying to lift me up. But again, even three grown men are going to have a tough time lifting, you know, a, basically lifeless, you know, six to 330 pound man. So, um, so they, I, I remember at one point in like a delusion, maybe it was the loss of blood. I go, I can walk up the stairs if somebody helps me. And there's no way I was walking up those stairs. Um, so they put me on this chair thing. They, these dudes used every bit of strength they had. I could feel it, um, as they were carrying me up the stairs shout out to local firefighters paramedics the true heroes these these dudes put it all out there and they you know they were very calm about it which is actually I've never been in a, an emergency scenario like that and these dudes were very calm and just methodical trying to figure out a way you know to get this thing going so they they carry me up the stairs they get me outside they get me onto a normal stretcher um <clears throat> and again, my wife's freaking out. My mom's freaking out. My stepdad's here. Somehow my son's still sleeping, doesn't even wake up during this experience. Um, and uh, so they get me on the stretcher, they get me in the ambulance, and they hook me up to an IV. Now, I had lost so much blood that the second they started giving me those fluids, I felt way better. I wouldn't have said, I w wouldn't go as far as to say, I, you know, that that did it because I had lost so much blood, but the IV was key in me regaining some level of awareness and consciousness. So, um, that was the main scary part of it. Again, it was, there's something about losing consciousness and knowing that you're not going to come out of that yourself. You, some, if somebody doesn't, intervene either medically or some way and to help you you're not getting up so that for me um was one of the scariest aspects i've never had anything like that a feeling like that like a helpless a, a truly helpless feeling where if somebody didn't intervene then i was going to die so losing consciousness that way and not knowing if you're going to be okay is, is scary um and i'm sure i haven't even really processed all that and I'll talk about that in like part two, kind of my emotions and, um, you know, the mental fallout from all this. But, um, the main aspect of it was that, um, like I said, like losing consciousness and not having that agency is somebody, cause I have OCD too. So not having that level of control over yourself is scary on a day to day basis, let, let alone, um, you know, in this context. So, so they get me out, they get me in the ambulance. Um, they take me to the local main hospital here. Um, and, uh, I thought my journey was kind of winding down and I was going to get back to it, but no, this is, this was just starting. So, um, so again, I had lost so much blood, um, I'm waiting in the ER. We end up waiting in the ER for, I mean, I want to say we got there at like, 
I don't know, midnight or one, maybe earlier than that. And I ended up waiting there until four or five o'clock in the morning until they gave us our own room or, and I didn't even get my own room. I had to share with, uh, this older dude, shout out to my boy, Gary. Um, and, uh, they get us into the room and this is when all the tests and the, the diagnostic stuff, you know, they're going to try and figure out what's going on. Uh, they took my blood, a normal blood range for hemoglobin. I think between for a healthy young man like myself, 12 to 17. And my level was like eight or something like that. So it was really low. Um, so, um, Again, I, I, I don't know how I missed what was happening during that day on that Tuesday, but um, so they they immediately start taking tests and get, they give me a blood transfusion, which is the first time I've ever had a blood transfusion. Um, so like any I've, this whole experience, <laughs> this whole experience is is just completely foreign and new to me. I'm you know um, I've never had anything like this. Um, Fortunately, I guess you could say, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have different experiences, but, um, so yeah, I don't know. My mind didn't make that connection that day. Um, so, oh, and when I had been unconscious, I could hear one of the paramedics, like in my basement, like he barely has a pulse, <laughs> like he, like I can barely feel a pulse. So like that scared me when I heard that too. Um, not that I was really with it, but, um, so we go to the ER, we're waiting in the ER, as I just mentioned, waiting for a room in the ER for whatever reason I got put across from the ice machine there. I was so fucking thirsty, like so thirsty for whatever reason. I just wanted a big glass of ice water and they weren't allowing me to have anything, no water, nothing, no ice chips, no food, nothing. The water the water was like, it was almost like I was in a desert and, uh, you know, there's a, an oasis in front of you with a big ice machine and they're telling you, you can't have any. So, uh, that sucked in, in the ER. I literally just sat there the whole time, uh, wishing I could drink. They finally get me up to my room, still not allowed to drink anything because I had to have an endoscopy, uh, the next day. Um, so, Okay. I have actually never been put under for anything either. I well, maybe my I, I take that back. I think I I think I was put under with like sodium pentothal for my wisdom teeth when those were taken out when I was younger. But other than that, I've never really gone under for any surgery. So um <clears throat> I go in for the endoscopy and uh you know, they're gonna put me under I think propofol and like a cocktail of stuff. They spray this like weird cherry stuff in my throat in it. It was like death tussin. This thing was, they said, and the lady's like, they, people say it tastes like cherry, but it's disgusting. I'm like, oh, and they spray it in your mouth. Like, oh, thanks. I can barely breathe now, but cool. You're going to shove something down my throat. Um, they do the endoscopy um, and they don't really find maybe a little uh, corrosive spots or whatever, but nothing crazy, nothing that would have caused that amount of bleeding. Um... And I, you know, they're at a loss. I'm at a loss. And meanwhile, they're giving me protronics, which is to, to supposedly help stop the bleeding in my intestines. Um, let me see here. I wrote some of this down just so I don't get lost because this is very long. And Okay, so yeah, I mentioned they gave me the blood transfusion. Oh, and they missed the vein. So initially the blood was like pooling in my forearm and I looked like Popeye for about 10 minutes until they put a heating uh, pad on there. Uh, that's one thing I learned too is like from having all these IVs, like all people that put IVs on your arm are not created equal. Uh, I have so many bruises from people missing and not knowing and blah, 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 blah. Maybe it was lack of fluids or dehydration, but... Lots of missed veins. Um, let's see here. I do the endoscopy. They can't find anything. Um, so after that, initially I was told they were going to do the endoscopy and then a colonoscopy if they don't find anything on the endoscopy. They didn't find anything on the endoscopy. 
And instead of just doing the colonoscopy, they're like, oh, you have to prep for that. We should have told you that. Well, like, why would you have told me you were going to do that? Anyway, so then now I have to prep for this colonoscopy. So I can't, I still can't drink anything. I still can't eat anything. I'm on like a liquid clear diet, which sucks. This Meanwhile, this is Wednesday. So this is the day before Thanksgiving. Um, they tell me that there's a potential I could go home and do outpatient for the colonoscopy, but my wife and my mom, um, convinced me that I should just stay and get all the tests done. It's going to suck. I'm going to miss Thanksgiving and stuff, but why come home and take the chance or whatever you're there, just get it done. And I, as mad and angry as I was at the situation, I agreed that was the most logical uh, thing I should do. So, so I stay Wednesday, um, Wednesday night, Thursday rolls around Thanksgiving. A um, couple people come to visit my wife, my mom still not allowed to eat or drink anything. Um, and uh, I start prepping for this colonoscopy. Again, they're checking my blood like crazy for the hemoglobins and all the stuff they've run diagnostic tests uh and stuff like that um con the constant blood pressure it's hard to actually get any sleep because like every two hours somebody's coming to poke and prod you or get your you know whatever they need data uh from it um my blood pressure was great i guess that's a positive for a bigger guy i had great blood pressure um but, um, so yeah, I had the blood transfusion, they're poking and prodding. I have to wait for this colonoscopy. <clears throat> so eventually <clears throat> colonoscopy comes around. I do it at the day. So Thanksgiving, I spent alone in the hospital basically. And it was very lonely. The hospital was very dead. Um, there was nobody, it was like a ghost town, um, even to get like a nurse to come, you know, give me some ice chips or something was, and I will say there's, I'll, I'll give them the initial JP, but there was one nurse that was phenomenal. This dude smiled the whole time while cleaning my, you know, urine thing and all this, the gross stuff. And, you know, there's very little that I could do for myself because I was so weak. And this dude just had a smile and his attitude was just infectious and a shout out to that dude. He deserves a raise or something because, um, it would have been so much worse if I didn't have somebody like that helping me or taking care of me like that. So, okay. Um, so yeah, alone Thanksgiving, um, and just lots of time to reflect. Um, Friday comes around and this is when I'm having my colonoscopy. Um, and they say that, um, they keep telling me it's going to be at a certain time. It ends up being like four or five hours later. Um, meanwhile, I'm being told all different types of things from different, from the GI team, from the doctor that did the colonoscopy, from the nurses. And they're all saying different shit, which is just very frustrating. Um, so I, I go in for the colonoscopy. Um, you know, I prep for it and everything. Uh, they take me in there. I... <laughs> For a second, I was talking with the anesthesiologist. I'm like, do you guys give people ketamine? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll add a little ketamine into your uh, into your cocktail. So um, I don't know if I could feel it or distinguish it, but, um, yeah. I mean, it was one of the better, you know, like I woke up feeling great from it. I didn't wake up. Actually, I don't know if they gave it to me the first time, but I woke up feeling way better after the colonoscopy than I did the endoscopy. So, um, just a little anecdote there. Um, but yeah, they do still, there was another dude, a few beds over that they had a tough time waking back up after surgery. Cause I guess they had to give him like a shitload of ketamine. So, um, All right, so yeah, so they do the colonoscopy. Um, the end-all, be-all is I had a couple spots of inflammation um, and some sort of bacteria in part of my intestines that was causing inflammation. Again, even right now, today, I still don't have a clear idea of what happened other than obviously I lost a lot of blood. I still have to do like follow-up stuff, meet with other specialists and stuff like that, but they think that that was 
the combination of me maybe taking antibiotics, causing diarrhea, and then also having some sort of inflamed bowel issue um, is what did it. And the NSAIDs that I was taking was preventing it. You know, obviously they thin your blood. So um, that wasn't helpful to the scenario as well as corrosive to your stomach. Um, So that was uh, that. Um, And the thing that made me most mad is after the colonoscopy and they took me back up, I still was not allowed to leave the hospital. At that point, I was almost like a prisoner. I felt like a prisoner. I was getting irritated and mad. I had been nice, kind, quiet the whole time. But this is at a point where I had been there so long. I'm like, I cannot stay here any longer. Um, if there's nothing, if and at that point I had I hadn't been bleeding for three days. I had gone to the bathroom normally. Um, I, 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 I don't want to put the idea out there that I was still, you know, bleeding a lot or anything like that. And just wanted to leave. That wasn't the case. I felt a lot better. The protonics they had given me obviously was doing something. And um, I was ready to go home. Um, they ended up keeping me another day and not letting me eat or drink things. That was the key. They, they kept wanting stool samples after, but then they wouldn't let me eat or drink anything. It was like so counter intuitive, counter, you know, it was like anti logic. Um, what, what a lot of the things that were happening. Um, so I had, you know, I called some people that I knew to him like, can you get me out of here? Cause I, I just, I cannot, I know it's a holiday weekend. I'm sure maybe at short staffed or whatever, but uh, because of my OCD and because of just being stuck in this bed for that long, I need to get out of here. Cause my mental state going into this experience, my mental state before this happened, hadn't been that good in years. Uh, after this, uh, not so great. And not, not in the sense that like, triggered my OCD or anything like that. I still feel good about all that. Just like, I don't know. I'm like depressed. I have some anger. I have some, some things I never feel. Uh, I'm fighting. I'm agitated. I fight with a lot of people (laughs) online about dumb things like sports and music lately. just like stuff totally out of character for myself. Um, since this all happened and I'm just, you know, trying to figure it out, but so eventually I do go home. Um, the whole time, all I wanted to do was see my son. Um, and you know, part of it was talking with my wife and FaceTiming is he started to act up a little bit. I had never not seen my son since he was born. He was born during, um, the pandemic. And I had never, I, there had not been a day that had gone by in his two years of life that I had not seen him. And at this point I hadn't seen him in like five days. So that was very tough. Um, and just knowing that, um, you know, he knew something was up too. He's a very smart boy for two years old. He knows all, you know, like the dinosaurs, um, not just the basic ones either. Uh, he knows all the sharks. He can count to 20, you know, he knows all the colors. So like this, this dude's with it. He knows what's going on. So, um, it took a couple days to get back into it, but I feel like kind of he's back. He knows that I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, my presence is here now. So hopefully, uh, we're, we're back on track. Um, throughout the whole process, everybody was so cool. Shout out to my coworkers and the people that covered for me. Um, you're all awesome. And I love you. Um, shout out to my family, my mom and, dad my mom and dad obviously they're your mom and dad but um constantly calling do you need anything is there anything i can help you with um you know throughout the whole process and i'm just very lucky and um my wife i I just can't say enough she saved my life um she does you know so much for us and on top of that um her describing, you know, the way it went down and stuff was just, uh, was just brutal. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, afterwards she wouldn't let me go to the bathroom or take a shower alone. So, um, we're still working on that PTSD stuff on on both of our ends, um, from the experience. And, um, so, uh, but yeah, shout out to everybody. 
my mom and my dad my my mom and my stepdad are eventually the ones that brought me home shout out to my stepdad too um and uh yeah just the support that i had i'm lucky because i know not everybody has that support so i value what i do have um on top of all of that um I'm I'm lucky to be alive. As I said, it's been a rough run here. I've lost some fam a family member, you know, this week, and um, you know, the community I'm part of. We've lost a few members uh, recently too. It just seems like it's uh, a brutal run here. Um, hopefully, that changes. Hopefully, the new year is the start of something new. But I mean, I still have a long way to go. Um, I've already changed a lot of my, you know, as big of a guy as I am, I actually don't have that bad of habits. I don't eat like gross fast foods or processed stuff. I try and eat a lot of whole foods, make our own dinners. My wife's very, you know, aware of, of, of health stuff and our son eats very healthy and clean and everything. So, um, you know, if anything, you know, I'm not a breakfast person, uh, or never was, always uh, lunch and dinner and I've kind of switched that around to see if that helps uh, maybe eat breakfast and not eat later in the day um, and yeah just completely changing my relationship with things even like smoking cannabis um, I'm gonna try and just vape or uh, edibles and stuff like that if you know um, you know there's just a lot of things that I've, I, I've just when you go through something like that, you want to change so many things. And I know that there's like probably like an overreaction aspect of it too. Um, but at the end of the day, I need to be here for my son for a long time. So I'm going to have to change whatever I'm going to have to change, uh, to make that happen. So, um, again, I have like a million doctor's appointments, um, to follow up and, figure it out um but i'm i'm on the meds i've been doing what they said i feel a lot better my actually my stomach and gut health has never felt better um so maybe there was some underlying issue that just wasn't getting addressed or maybe it was taking NSAIDs for years for my migraines i don't know um uh but so yeah, so that was the logistics of how everything went down. Um, it was definitely, you know, you think, oh, I lost consciousness and I almost died. And then you go to the hospital like, oh, uh, everything's going to be okay. Well, I still don't have clear answers on exact, exactly what happened. I still, um, I still have like a, a little bit of a, a worry about that. Um, you know, obviously if something happens like that, you always worry that it can happen again or something along those lines. But, uh, again, I feel good right now. Um, and yeah, I feel I, the first couple days after be, you, you, it's shocking after you've been in a bed for like four or five days, you think like, Oh, whatever, I'm just going to jump back into it. No. I mean, at least for me, uh, like coming home, just something simple as like walking up the steps I was like super like out of breath I'm like this is crazy to me that that you know being out of it for that short amount of time can cause something like that and just being like a little lightheaded when standing up and stuff like that but I guess I mean you know that's why they tell you to take it easy after you leave the hospital and they even make some people leave on wheel in wheelchairs even if they don't need to so um so that was my Thanksgiving how was everybody else? No, I'm joking. Uh, no, but that was that was not a fun Thanksgiving. Um, I've been so stressed out. It's so stressful. And I, I, I never get cold sores, and I have like a big cold sore. I'm sure anybody watching this sees in the corner of my mouth. That's how stressed out I was, and I never really get them. So, um, yeah, I don't even know. Um, I, I just, I'm at the point now where... I'm just trying to assess everything, analyze why I feel the way I do, try and understand as much as I can. Um, I was very depressed at like a week after. So like probably four or five days ago, I was like very angry and depressed. And I don't know why. 
Um, normally I know where my emotions and, and feelings come from. And this kind of came out of left field, um, as well as being like irritated and argumentative with other people. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, again, it's something that I'm sure will take a long time to unpack and, um, understand the ins and outs and everything. Um, but again, I feel a lot better. Um, you know, I've reconnected, um, with some people in my life also, and just, um, you know, we moved back to the Michigan Detroit area, uh, for a reason to be around family. I cannot imagine if this happened when I still lived in Chicago because no, I have a couple family members live there, but I don't know. Maybe it would have ended differently if that was the case, not necessarily from like a doctor or biological standpoint, but more just from like the way that I was helped for with my wife and my mom and all that stuff. The people that were here, um, in my opinion, made the world of the difference from my mom slapping me in the face, trying to get me to wake back up when I was unconscious to my wife getting the professional help needed when she did. Um, there's just so many moving parts that I, I do feel lucky and I do feel like maybe there's, and I'm not trying to invoke any sort of like religious or anything like that, but there, there, it felt like there was some sort of hidden hand at play in the experience and that maybe that wasn't my time to go. Um, so I'm very lucky, like I said, to have that kind of support and that kind of, um, you know, people around me to help and willing to go to those lengths. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just life is, is very, very fragile. And for some reason, I don't ever think of it like that. But after this experience, I definitely think about how fragile life is. And something as crazy as taking a bunch of bloody dumps could kill you. I wasn't even thinking on that level. Um, but now I do. And um, I think I've, since this has all happened, even the smallest things, um, like with my body and health, I'm like super on top of like, oh, what was, what was that? Like the first couple of days, um, you know, I was home because I was up in a bed for so long. My weird muscles, I would have like, you know, like Charlie horses in your arms and stuff like in your legs. I was getting those in like my stomach and my back and I'm like freaky, like what's something, you know, but, um, again, I think that they were just muscles from like not being active for that amount of time and stuff. Again, very weird that like, what do you call that, uh, where, um, you know, you're not moving or whatever, and you're laying in bed, like, that, that, that will catch up to you, so, um, if anybody's never laying down or in a bed too long, uh, you know, you better watch out for that, because it's, it's real, um, so, that's part one, um, which is just, again, I just wanted to lay it all out because I know I had some... And by the way, I want to thank everybody that did reach out. There were some listeners and some people that knew kind of what was going on through... You know, I did post something on uh, Instagram saying I was okay. Same thing on, on X. And uh, shout out to the people that reached out and sent me, like, nice personal messages. And, uh, of course, I love everybody. Thank you. Um, Laura... Sandy, you know, the normal crew, um, as well as, uh, some other close friends and stuff. Um, and Maurice, uh, Maurice isn't on here tonight. Um, and he probably won't be on for a bit, but, um, he was there for me as well. And, uh, I'm there for him. So, um, you know, that's the nice thing about having a best friend slash cousin is, um, you know, you have somebody that you can relate to that's always there for you. So love you, Maurice, and uh, maybe we'll get you back on here soon for some some weird reason, hopefully. Um, and, uh, yeah, so like I said, part two, I think about um, thinking about doing, like, just analyzing my mindset before, after, maybe some of the more 
weirder aspects of it, my analysis on what I think was happening, uh, my, you know, because look, near-death experience is kind of like the final frontier. While my heart didn't actually stop, like some of the people that have that go and they meet God or family members. And by the way, my mom was one of those people. My mom died for like a few minutes or something like that, giving birth to my sister and had the full-blown mystical uh, experience. I did not have that, but I, I did lose consciousness. I do know what it's like to basically die. Uh, maybe I didn't fully medically die, but um, again, I wasn't coming back unless somebody did something about it. So, um, but uh, yeah, well, you know, like I said, we'll talk about the mental aspects of it, how it's affected me. Um, you know, I as much as as much as I appreciate everybody listening, I feel like this doing these episodes is actually for me uh, to talk about it. Um, I've kind of got like emotional and cried a couple times while describing what happened. So, um, in a selfish way, this is kind of like therapeutic for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, this is, like I said, from the beginning of the episode, you know, hug your loved ones, tell your, your loved ones, you love them. If you know anybody that's going through a tough time or needs to love and support or help, reach out. It's a tough time of year. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to continue to do Mind Escape. I'm, I'm, riding, I'm riding this thing till the wheels fall off. So uh, we're coming up on six years here this month, actually in a few weeks. Our 300th episode's coming up. Um, we're slowly kind of changing the vibe of the show, trying to get away from more of the, um, some of the more or less, um, grounded knowledge and information and trying to get back to doing our own research, putting our own dots together. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are copying off of a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there regurgitating stuff. There's a lot of people out there that are not thinking for themselves. Um, and that's not what this show is and that's not what I want it to be. And, uh, I don't care if I isolate myself from these big name people or whatever who bring in the listens and the likes and whatever. I don't give a shit. I honestly don't. Um, I'm here for truth, whatever that may be, and um, if you're not, and you're here to make money or something, fuck off, because that's not what this is about for me. This has always been my passion. I've always been passionate about the mysteries, trying to understand life and the mind and everything like that, so, um, you know, we're going to continue to do that, and this is definitely something that, while... It's it's terrible what happened. I think I have a lot to learn from it, and I believe that, you know, from a teleology or teleological perspective, maybe this had to happen for me um, in the grand scheme of things so that I put myself in position uh, to be here for a lot longer and... Um, be here for the people that need me and also growing as a person and growing as a um, entity in this weird world we live in. Um, and yeah, I just, I love everybody and I, and I, and I, I honestly do. And I think that anybody that listens to the show or interacts with me for the most part, everybody's super cool. So I've, I've, you know, I have nothing to complain about, about, um, Mindscape or anybody that I interact with, um, you're all you're all amazing in my book. And um, if you're here for knowledge, that means you're already ahead of the game. Uh, not just because of me or the show or anything, but anybody trying to better themselves or anybody trying to learn something or always learning something or always evolving your consciousness or your thought process or your philosophies. Again, I I. I have nothing but love for that because that's what we're here to do, in my opinion. Um, and according to Socrates and Plato, 
the unexamined life is not worth living. And I actually 1000% agree with that. Um, if you're not bettering yourself or examining your own life constantly, trying to better and learn and grow and evolve, then why are you here? You know, then you're just a, a, a cog um, in the simulation. So, all right. Um, I'm going to wrap it up because I am kind of emotional. Um, and um, <laughs> oddly enough, um, after we put my son down tonight, I, I took a nap. I don't know why I've been so tired at like 6 p.m. Uh, but the last time I did that, I had that experience happen. So um, I've, you know, that's one thing I, I will say is my fear level has gone down. Um, so like the first thing I wanted to do when I got home was go take a shower and a shit in my bathroom that that happened in. Um, and I wanted to prove to myself that I, I could do this without the same thing happening. And I know it sounds like basic or trivial, but it's totally not. I'm just, I, I'm embracing facing all fears because I feel like that's the only way to get over that kind of stuff. Um, truly. And I have experience with that with OCD and stuff, but that's a, a long, arduous process compared to something like this. So, um, but that's it. We're going to wrap it up here. <sighs> I do feel a little bit better. I do feel emotional. Um, but um, we're going to have some cool stuff coming on. Uh, cool stuff coming up. Uh, I have this guy who's a uh, geophysicist who's going to come on and talk about like the dating of the Sphinx. And uh, I've got some other stuff scheduled too. Some psychedelic episodes. Some... Um, other guest episodes and we're gonna again we're gonna keep doing mind escape and um, we've got other stuff going on I have other creative projects I'm already trying to think about I'm currently in the process I had to order a new MIDI controller because mine broke in the process of moving and I didn't realize it until I pulled it out of the box here a couple days ago but uh, I'm in the process of making a new mind escape intro I think it sounds dope as hell um and i included some of my guitar work in it which i haven't done in the past um and uh yeah oh and i'm gonna have maurice create a new video intro as well we're gonna up the 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 production value a little bit here if we can um as always and uh, as i mentioned on patreon and i don't know when i'm gonna start this maybe i'll start it this weekend or next week but I might go, I might start like a Mike's rant corner where I just rant and rave like a lunatic about all the other people and, um, stuff that's going on in these fringe communities and, um, tell it like it is because, uh, yeah, I think that, that the people deserve to know who's full of shit. So, um, and that's it. I, uh, again, I want to thank my family. I want to thank my wife. My son, my mom, my dad, my stepdad, stepmom, brothers, sisters, everybody. Um, everybody was there for me, supported me through this, made sure I was okay. Um, and even some, like I mentioned, some listeners and uh, close friends on the internet. So um, very helpful. Um, and if anybody ever needs anything or, um, you know, needs to talk about anything, whatever, I'm... I'm here too. I get it. Life's hard sometimes. So, um, and anybody, you can always send me an email at mindescapepodcast at gmail.com, whether it's episode related, guest related, topic related, whatever it is, uh, mindescapepodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support Mind Escape, the easiest way to do it is to leave us a nice review on Apple Podcast, um, Spotify. We have video episodes on Spotify. We do all of our episodes live on YouTube and X. Um, and um, yeah, check out our documentary, As Within, So Without, from UFOs to DMT. And I'm trying to think. We have a merch store. We have a Patreon. Go check out all that stuff if you want. But listen, this has been um, one hell of a few months here. And um 
hopefully we can just have a nice uh, Christmas and then uh, get back to the grind on the first. So that's my that's my goal. That's my plan. We are going to do some episodes. I'm going to do a part two on this as well. Like I said, for more of like a psychological, mystical analysis standpoint. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, like I said, I love everybody. And uh, let's make this world a better place. I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing out there. Um, even if it's as something as just being nice to somebody you wouldn't normally be nice to or reaching out to somebody you wouldn't normally reach out to or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, we humans are all one species and uh, <sighs> this is what we have. We're on this planet. We got to figure it out. So... Um, I think that there's, if we all came together, there would be, and I know this sounds like totally idealistic by the way, and, um, in no way do I think this is actually going to happen, but I think if we all did love each other and come together and, uh, put our minds together, um, the world would be a better place. There's so many smart people out there and, uh, I think they just need to be given a voice or connected with the right people or whatever, I'll always try and connect people who I feel like align with other people, whether it's the same topic or maybe they have similar interests or whatever. So um, I love connecting people, and I think that that's part of this too is we just need to connect more people uh, because of technology. And technology is amazing. We're, we're having You're listening to me talk about this insane experience I had. However, we can't lose the human touch, the human camaraderie, the human... Um, human to human you know so um yeah let's figure it out but uh, listen i love everybody stay safe out there i'm gonna play the trailer to our documentary as we get out of here and um yeah look for part two on this as well as uh, some guest episodes coming up but uh love everybody stay safe out there i'll catch you next time peace i don't have to believe something's here there's no question about that. They are not just from this planet, but based on the characteristics they're most often described having, that they're simply us from the future. It was um, the biggest aircraft I've ever seen in my entire life. It was semi-translucent, it seemed. We see four orange orbs flying one after another, basically in formation. Um, I think in a way, you know, you could call a UFO a flying dream. Out of the cornfield, that seven foot tall, gray, menacing, communion looking alien or whatever you want to call it. Because it can be a multitude of things, of deities, of godlike creatures, of aliens. The reality that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis seems to be this very, very thin slice of something far larger and far more complex. As within, so without from UFOs to DMT.